Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to this week's Smackdown breakdown and review. We've got so much to go through, so much to talk about as always, uh, but they really did give us some big talking points this week. Uh, the show itself I thought was pretty strong. Uh, I don't know that it was amazing or exceptional, but there were some really good segments. We started with the Bloodline. They were attacking the commentary area, uh, they were causing havoc as always. Uh, they then put their wands in the air to welcome the tribal chief down to the ring uh, and Roman made his way down. It didn't take long uh, until he started having a go at Sammy. This is such a really interesting segment. He was talking about how he's not interested about this year. He wants to talk about last year and about how last week they lost the match, and it was playing over his mind about how he never loses matches. And then he realized he didn't lose last week. It was Sammy that lost last week, and he asks Sammy, why did you guarantee that we were going to get the win last week? The only person that makes those guarantees is me. So do you want to be the tribal chief? Do you want to run the bloodline? And he said it with real intensity and passion. You can see him like shouting at Sammy here, uh, basically asking him, do you want my spot? Is that what this is all about? Uh, you can see uh, Paul Heyman's reaction in the background. This was a big segment. This was a big moment. Didn't know where this was leading, where this was going to go. And Kevin Owens comes out and makes not the save, but sort of the save, um, because Kevin Owens came out just before anything got a bit uh, too heated or went too far. And he said, look, your problem isn't with Sammy. Your problem is with me. You've got a Kevin Owens problem, and you're taking your anger out on Sammy. This was really good, captivating, edge of the seat stuff. This was absolutely brilliant. And basically, Kevin Owens makes a challenge. He's like, look, you've got a KO problem. You need to deal with that. You're taking it out on the wrong person. So how about at uh, the Royal Rumble, you against me for the undisputed uh, WWE Universal Championships? Roman accepts. So Roman accepts that challenge. Uh, so we know that we're going to be getting that match now at, at the Royal Rumble, obviously in a few weeks' time. But obviously, everyone was still thinking about what had just happened, where Roman had had Sammy backed in the corner. He was shouting at him. Uh, big divisions at this point in the bloodline. So yeah, big opening segment. Really enjoyable. Uh, one of those segments that you just didn't know where it was going to go. You didn't know if the turn was happening. It doesn't, but it's coming. It really feels like it's coming. And there was a big indicator later on as to uh, when it might happen as well. Then uh, we got this. Uh, we found out that the Royal Rumble is going to be a 30-man match. Uh, a lot of you will be like, why is that news? Um, it's news because there had been rumors that they were looking at making this a bigger Rumble. There were reports and rumors that Triple H was even looking at making this maybe a 40-man Rumble, but confirmation coming through today that it will be 30-man Royal Rumble Winner earns a main event championship match at WrestleMania, of course. So nothing too surprising there. But considering recent reports, I still thought it was 
noteworthy. Then we went to uh, first match. Uh, we did just see a little backstage segment between Santos Escobar and Kofi. It was uh, hard to know if this was a qualifying match or not because we know that Top Dollar and Ricochet were having a Royal Rumble qualifying match later in the show. Didn't know if this was or if it wasn't, but I think it's not. I don't think this was a qualifying match because Santos Escobar, thanks to outside interference, uh, actually won. So I don't think they're going to exclude Kofi. Kofi obviously is uh, known for his amazing um, elimination avoidances where he'll jump onto a barricade or walk on his hands, do whatever he needs to do to ensure he doesn't get eliminated. I think they're going to want that in the Rumble again. So I think this was just a match, to be honest. I think they just needed to find a reason for this match. Um, so, yeah, Santos picking up the win. Then we went backstage. We saw Sammy, and Sammy obviously concerned about what had happened. He said he needed to explain himself. He needed to speak to Roman. Paul Heyman is like, this is not a good idea. Now is not the right time. Um, you know, Roman is thinking three steps ahead. Uh, it's it's wise to give him some space, basically. So Paul Heyman said, I still love you. But uh, things were not looking great at this point. Uh, then we got Liv Morgan. Uh, she was just saying about the rumble. Um, I feel like Michael Cole kind of really undermined Liv here. Because Michael, uh, like Liv was saying, oh, I want to be in the rumble. And if I had my own way, I would come in at number one and I would beat everyone. She was kind of presenting herself as being like, you know, up for the fight. She wants to win. She wants to win the right way. All that kind of stuff. And uh, as soon as she was finished, Michael Cole said, if I was in the Rumble, I would want number 30. Uh, so kind of saying like, I don't, I don't know that I can agree with Liv there. I think I would want to be number 30. But uh, Liv trying to present herself, obviously, as someone up for the fight, up for the challenge. I think this is why what happened at SummerSlam was so disappointing because that's not Liv, is it? Liv is about doing things the right way. So winning a match the way that she won that match just did not fit with her character. And uh, that's why, you know, uh, for a short time afterwards, we saw uh, the fans turning on her. But um, yeah, uh, 2023 could be a big year for Liv, obviously. She uh, managed to get to a title last year. She's certainly seen as a bigger star now than I think she was before that title reign. Um, I don't know that the Rumble's going to be great for her. I haven't got her down to win it. I think it could be Rhea Ripley that wins the Rumble. Um, there's a few names, in all fairness, for the Women's Rumble, but I think Rhea Ripley stands a really good chance. Um, but yeah, Liv, uh, you know, 2023 could still be uh, a good year for her. Then we saw LA Knight. There was no Bray this week, and that's going to be really disappointing to a lot of people. Uh, he was attacked last week, though, of course, by uh, Uncle Howdy. They they did call him Uncle Howdy, in all fairness. So it doesn't seem to be like they are going with a story of it being Uncle Harper, even though the mask was so different. Um, Michael Cole called it Uncle Howdy. Uh, LA Knight here was uh, just talking about how he's not worried um, about uh, the match. The pitch black match, he was saying it's going to be easy for him. He said he feels good because Bray's plan has blown up in his face. And uh, basically the pieces that are left of Bray now, LA Knight can just, you know, deal with whatever's left at the Rumble in the pitch black match. So uh, LA Knight was uh, in good spirits here. 
no screen behind him, no logo or anything like that. There was seemingly nothing that I could see that was uh, Bray related on this show. Then we went to a match I was really surprised they didn't announce in advance. This was a mixed tag match between Emma and Madcap Moss, taking on Carrion and Scarlet. It feels to me like Scarlet wrestling her first match on the main roster is noteworthy, um, but they didn't announce it. They, like, it didn't seem to be a thing, really. Uh, so it was a mixed tag match. This is a moment in the match where both Emma and Scarlett are in there. Scarlett, a little bit clunky, a bit slow in places. Understandable. It was her first match, so certainly not throwing shade. Um, she did a few nice moves. There was one moment in particular, though, this moment here, which I have included because I don't think it's that bad, to be honest. Um, this was actually blurred. Well, not even blurred. It was completely blacked out here in the UK. You could not see this moment. It's a suplex by uh, Scarlett. And um, because of maybe a bit more of her boob popping out than uh, she would have liked, uh, here in the UK, we got a black screen momentarily. In America, I think you saw this because there is a clip doing the rounds. Uh, I had to get this from social media. The clip is doing the rounds on social media, uh, and it wasn't blacked out. So I think this was seen in America, hence why I'm not too worried about showing it, because, uh, as I said, it was shown in America. And also, I think anything that would have offended anyone is still covered here. So, um, yeah, but it certainly was uh, more than I think BT were willing to show here in the UK. So, uh, yeah, this is just a, a, an interesting moment that was um, censored here in the UK. Match continued anyway, and uh, Carrion applies this hold onto Madcap. I think it's called the Cross Jacket, and uh, basically wins the match. After the match, they put a Rey Mysterio mask over Madcap's face, uh, sending a message, of course, to Rey. Uh, there's been a bit of a back and forth between Carrion and Ray for a few weeks now. So uh, it seems like they are on a collision course. Then we just got a little segment talking about Money in the Bank being in uh, London and the O2 Arena, which is amazing news. Uh, we did a video on the main channel about it. Um, I, I think it's massive. I mean, I think for the UK to have Clash at the Castle last year was huge. Uh, there was a lot of talk for them getting another show this year, but no one expected it to be money in the bank. I mean, that really is seen as like the fifth or maybe even fourth biggest premium live event of the year. Don't forget last year, they were planning on having this inside a stadium. Uh, I think was it Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas? Like it was going to be in a stadium. Like money in the bank is a big deal. And uh, for it to be in London this year is uh, fantastic. So that is a big win, a big dub for UK wrestling fans. Tickets available now. Well, certainly priority tickets. I don't know about all tickets, but uh, yeah, that is going to be Saturday, July 1st. Then we were in a bar. This is a bit weird, actually, because these two were reminiscing. That's, I mean, I like it because this is totally where I'd expect these guys to be. They were chatting away, and uh, I don't actually know what bar this was, but it's all Jerry the King Lawler. So it's uh, Jerry the King Lawler Museum. So it must be a bar in Memphis that is all dedicated to Jerry the King Lawler, um, which makes sense. You know, Jerry is the king of Memphis. 
Uh, he really is someone that uh, was one of the biggest stars in the Memphis area during the territories. So uh, it might seem strange that uh, Jerry the King Lawler is all over the walls, but he was massive back in the day. Back in like the 80s, he was the man in Memphis. So it's actually not that weird. But they were in this bar anyway, chatting away. And uh, they, were, they were talking at the end about how it was, they were going to have banger after banger. Everyone in the bar started joining in. It was really weird. Everyone seems to be having their own conversations. But as soon as Seamus and Drew start saying banger after banger, everyone just joined in. It was a bit strange. But um, I like this. I like it when we go to different places. And this one being all Jerry, uh, the Lawler uh, themed, I thought was uh, great. Then we went back to the ring. We had Charlotte. Charlotte was in the ring. And uh, she, uh, there was thank you, Charlotte, chance. She was talking about how she was always going to come back uh, and deal with Ronda if Ronda thought that she'd got rid of Charlotte for good. She was sorely mistaken, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the crowd chanting, thank you, Charlotte, I thought was a big surprise. Uh, then we got Sonya Deville coming out. Um, the crowd chanted, whoop that trick, which I have never heard in my life. During the watch long, we investigated it. It's actually something to do with Hustle and Flow, the 2005 movie. And apparently this is something connected to the Memphis area. Whoop that trick is something to do with their basketball team. So I don't know, all of a sudden the crowd started chanting whoop that trick. And um, yeah, we got a match basically. So figure eight means that uh, Charlotte picked up the victory over Sonya Deville. And uh, it seemed like the crowd seemed to enjoy it. So yeah, good. No uh, Ronda this week which I thought was uh, kind of interesting. So don't know what the future's going to hold for Ronda Rousey. Uh, I've included this. This is uh, Lacey Evans' uh, segment, you know, uh, her training to come back. Uh, the reason why I included this is because I don't remember seeing the current performance center before. And this was just a little look at the current performance center. So there was a few rings. There seems to be quite a bit of space as well. Uh, don't forget, the old Performance Center is what they use now for NXT. And my understanding is they just leave that set up as it is. So they've had to find a new space now for a new Performance Center. And we just never get a chance to see in that space, in that Performance Center. Um, so this was a rare look at where the superstars actually train uh, in the Performance Center. So I thought that was noteworthy. So Lacey Evans on her way back soon. Then we went to uh, Top Dollar against Ricochet in a Rumble qualifying match. Ricochet picking up the win quite comfortably. So Top Dollar won't be in the Rumble. Then we got Hit Row attacking Ricochet after, which I thought was brilliant. thought that was really good. Here you can see BFAB kicking Ricochet. So uh, heel turn here by Hit Row. Proper secured concrete heel turn. Love it. Uh, and then Braun came down and made the save. So uh, we did find out that Gunther is going to be taking on Braun. I think that's next week. And uh, my guess is Hit Row are going to get involved and cost Braun that match. Um, this was the graphic for that. So the, as we said, this was confirmed. Next week, Gunther versus Braun Intercontinental Championship. As I said, I expect Hit Row to get involved. Uh, then we got a big moment, a big segment just before our main event. We went to the locker room. Usos went to the ring and Roman said, 
get me Sammy. So Sammy comes in and uh, Roman said, uh, well, before he said anything, Sammy started talking and said, look, I don't want to replace you. I'm really sorry. All this kind of stuff. You know, you're the tribal chief. I acknowledge you, all of this stuff. And Roman said, I don't accept your apology. So things were looking really bad again for Sammy. And Roman actually said, I don't accept your apology because I need to apologize to you. This was brilliant. I need to apologize to you. Kevin Owens is right. I'm angry at him and I'm taken out on you. And no one deserves to be spoken to um, in front of the world like I just spoke to you. And uh, Sammy was like, look, don't worry about it. It's fine. You're under a lot of pressure. Um, Sammy was just happy to, you know, not be um, in the doghouse anymore. And uh, so things were looking good. But right at the end, things took a turn because Paul Heyman said, Sammy, you've got a chance to redeem yourself next week. It's going to be Sammy Zayn versus Kevin Owens. And immediately, everyone must have known Sammy's going to lose that match. And things are going to go from bad to worse for him. Because right now, you know, I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry for what I did. Roman's apologizing. All right, we lost the match. I took it out on you like it's done. There's, you know, things are all right right now. But if Sammy loses next week, Sammy's just going to be showing himself to be uh, the weak link. And Roman's not going to stand for that. And uh, maybe the attack comes next week. Maybe. Or maybe we just have to wait that little bit longer. But I think everyone knows Sammy is losing that match to Kevin Owens next week. And uh, the problems with the bloodline are just going to get worse and worse from this point out. So a nice segment. But sadly, this might be one of the final nice segments that we actually see for Sammy in the bloodline. Then we uh, went to the match. This was Drew and Sheamus taking on the Usos for those undisputed tag uh, titles. And uh, you can see the match underway. Uh, backstage, they were eating popcorn. At first, Roman declined the popcorn, but then we went back and he had his own popcorn. So uh, they've all got popcorn now. Uh, watching this uh, match as uh, Drew and Sheamus were trying to get those tag titles. Uh, thankfully, the Usos would win. Thanks to a bit of outside interference uh, here, you can see both the Usos working together to make sure that they get that pin on Sheamus and uh, Sammy uh, celebrating. He was very happy at that result. And that is basically how SmackDown ended. So lovely story there with the bloodline. Really enjoyable stuff. I thought some of the in-ring was a bit off. Main event was good. But a lot of the other matches didn't really need. Um, so, yeah, you know, this is probably like a 725, something like that. I think the Bloodline stuff is brilliant. And I think this was worth watching just for that. So, uh, but, the, but a lot of the matches and everything, you know, maybe 725 might even be a bit too high. But this Sammy story is everything at the moment. And um, we, we got an interesting couple of segments here. So uh, definitely worth watching. And it sets up a big week next week. But uh, I think people will be disappointed there was no Bray or nothing Bray related. But um, yeah, we still got stuff. And of course, you know, that uh, wardrobe malfunction from Scarlet. That's a talking point, um, even though she probably doesn't want it to be. So uh, let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. Thanks a lot for watching, guys. Appreciate it as always. 
I'll see you next time.